in the time of our lives, baby. <laughs> baby Turn the music up. Um, Prime time. Baby. What is up, everybody? This is La Patty Wall here with the 15th episode of La Patty's podcast. And I'm sitting here in my parents' downstairs after watching some exciting NBA play in basketball. And I, I'm joined today by two average guests, I'd say. Maybe above average, if you know, above average. Um, you, you guys can introduce yourselves. Who wants to go first? Um, okay. Hey, guys. I'm Eddie. I am here at my parents' house as well. And it's been a long day of work. I'm glad to be on La Patty Ball's podcast. All right, what's up, guys? I'm Brendan. I am currently in California in uh, the dorms that Cal Poly doesn't show on their website, and uh, <laughs> and I am thrilled to be on Lapati's podcast. Dude, I'm happy to have you guys. I'm bummed we don't have Citrus here with us. Um, Bend producer, I I guess that's how you can describe him. Former Regal Cinemas employee <laughs> who doesn't do his job when working at Regal Cinemas. <laughs> and leaves me to clean all the theaters while he goes to Taco Bell. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I'm bummed we couldn't get Citrus on, but you know we'll have to try another time, Eddie. Um, he's very busy. But he's he's a busy guy. <laughs> doing who knows what. Um, this way. Yeah, Brendan, you want to talk about music? You talk. Talk words now. Go. Okay. Well, I honestly the the first like general thing I wanted to ask was old music for like old rap versus new rap because this is something i hear a lot of people talk about and i just want like opinions because i already have mine but i want i want to hear what you, what you guys say first um i hear a lot from my friends that like old rap was like the best type and this new rap is garbage it's all like mumble rapping and all this stuff but it's not true there's some like i mean some artists from the past from now like lil uzi like you know that you know the XXL list? Yeah. You know those? Yeah. Like, in 2016, we had, like, Lil Uzi, 21 Savage, and um, Lil Yachty. And, like, that was, like, when they were starting and, like, a bunch of people didn't like their music and stuff. But, like, now, like, f- here we are, like, four or five years later, and, like, 21 Savage is, like, more developed. And, like, he's up there with, like, J. Cole with doing features and stuff. And, like, Lil Uzi is, like, he's definitely improved his rapping a lot. And he's, like, out there dropping albums. And, and like, uh, his most anticipated one was, like, what was the name of it? The one that he dropped last year, Eternal Take? Was that what it yeah. was called? Yeah, like, I don't know. I just thought, like, old rap to new rap. Sure, there's a change, but... I, just got to give it time to get to where it's um i don't know i just think it's changed but for the better who knows <laughs> i think um I, I i need to listen to more old rap first of all i've been working on it i've been listening to a good amount of mf doom recently and like some nas recently so i'm 
I'm, I'm, I'm grinding it, but I think, um, I like, I think I like different aspects of each. Like there, there, there's a lot of cool lyricism and storytelling in the older rap and in the newer rap, a lot of the production is pretty cool. Um, but I, I think it's also kind of cool that like, there are people in today's generation who resemble like the Nas's and the Tupac's there's guys like Freddie Gibbs right now. And like Griselda right now that are super dope and are more about the bars than the production, I think. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's just like in back, I don't know. You have like early trap rappers like Gucci Mane and TI. And I guess you could even say three, six mafia a little bit. So I think um, there's a lot of like, you can find if you have a style like i don't know if you like trap a lot you can find that in early rap and if you like lyricism a lot you can find that nowadays i mean kendrick and j cole are literally super popular and they're they're really known for their lyricism so i think it's i don't know if i could say one's better than the other because i don't think i've listened to enough 90s rap i still need to listen to like eminem and tupac you know tourist big um but I think I think it's just whatever you prefer more like they're they're both they both have really cool artists within like I mean I I, I don't know I'm I'm a big young thug guy young thug is insane um and there's just there's just guys in each grouping that you could pick out and be like this guy's awesome and I, I know Brendan's gonna have a pretty I know I think I know how Brendan's gonna answer this own question he posed his, his own question here but I, I think it just depends on what you like and you can find that in both eras of hip hop. No, I think that's a valid point, honestly. Like, I think for me, it's more just, I think I'm biased to like the lyricism and I'm biased to like the, uh, I don't know. I like the guys who could string together a story in a really like unique way. And I feel like that's kind of lost now. Like, I know you mentioned Freddie Gibbs and, and who's, who's the other one you said? Griselda, which is a, a trio of three Brooklyn rappers who are super beasts. They're okay, they cool. very Like, that's awesome. Like, I would want to listen to that, but I feel like those guys don't get as much recognition as they should today because I feel like it's less valued compared to the things that, I mean, like, the topic of most rap songs today are kind of the same, with the exception of J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, who I like because <laughs> they're still, like, lyrical storytelling kind of guys. Um, also, by the way, I have, like, a... I have a great playlist of 90s 80s rap if you want to like yes send me that that'd be beast but like i i mean i definitely err on the side of old rap because i think that it's just better in terms of lyrics storytelling just the rawness of it but mm -hmm. i think i've, I've kind of come to learn that like it's, it's kind of shitty to just bash on all new rap because there is good new rap you know so i don't know no, Brendan, I think I think you bring up some intriguing points. Sorry, my cat is on this chair over here and he's being annoying. Um, but where did Eddie go? Where did Eddie go? <laughs> Eddie just left. What? Um, okay, well, let's just keep rolling here. Um yeah, Brendan, I'm I'm kind of curious. Who do you listen to nowadays? It's more um Reese. Oh, here's Eddie. <laughs> Maybe. Ed, Ed, hey, Eddie. Where did you go? I can't hear you. I still can't hear you. Oh, Can no. you hear him? I can't hear him. 
Cat, get off the table. <laughs> um. Well, Eddie, we're just gonna. I'm. I can't hear you. No. No. weird this is very weird i should probably cut this but i'm kind of lazy so i might not cut it because it's funnier that way um (laughs) yeah eddie um i cannot hear you i cannot hear a word eddie is maybe try leaving and coming back in eddie i don't know okay um (laughs) okay so he can clearly hear you yeah, he can hear me, and, and now he's gone again. Um, but anyways, just so because I'm lazy and I want to edit this out, I'm just going to keep this rolling. So of like, who, who do you listen to that's like popular? Or maybe not popular, but like that's come up recently these days, Brendan. Um, I mean, do Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole count? Or are I'd they so. kind of like the intermediate period? Um, they were kind I'd, of early. For- or they, I think that I... Th- I hate Zoom because I'm going to keep talking over you because the stupid Zoom lag. Um, I think they count because I'd say early 2000s is kind of, you can count that and that's when they came up. So, yeah. What about Kanye? Where does Kanye fall in there? Dude, he started in like, his big break was in like 04. So I think he, he kind of counts because I think he innovates himself. Like he stays somewhat current. Like he's always reinventing himself. Yeah. And... So I don't I don't know. I wouldn't count him just because he came up like 20 years ago now, but okay. He's still relevant because he continues to reinvent himself. Hi Eddie. Let me let me see. Let's see if Eddie can talk first. <laughs> Can't hear him. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe try taking your your headphones out. It's the only thing I can think of. Oh. I think I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you yeah. hear me? Oh, sick. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Oh, I hate you, Eddie. Okay. Um, okay, Brendan. Yeah, anyways, let, uh, Brandon, answer my question, and then we can... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I would probably say, if, if there was like a newer guy, a newer generation classified guy, I'd probably go with Chief D. Because he like kind of invented an entire new style of rap. He was, he was the first person to ever do anything remotely similar to mumble rap. And because I feel like he was the original, because it was actually like a unique new thing, I think he's really cool for that and should get credit for that. Uh, Who did you say? He's probably Chief Keith. I thought you said Chewy. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, Chewbacca <laughs> from Star Wars. It's, he kind of has a unique <laughs> style, man. I don't know. Mumble rap. <laughs> No, there, there was this guy, Brian Warner, was put me on to. His name was Chewy. And I was like, what? I didn't know people listen to this guy other than Brian. But... Oh, really? Okay. That, that's yeah. a good person. Um, yeah. So I was confused. But Chief Keef is a pretty good pick. I, I need to listen to more Chief Keef. That's something I need to do. I think that's something we all need to do. Yeah. I agree. He was like 15 when he started. It was crazy. 15? Yeah. He was like, he had a million hit songs at like 16 years old. It's kind of insane, dude. Where is he now, by the way? Um, probably in Chicago. I mean, the last I heard from him, I heard because Brian Brown was insisting to me, like, you have to listen to Young Gravy. Young Gravy is awesome. So I listened to Young Gravy, and there was a couple of chief key features on one of his albums, and they were just terrible. 
That is the last <laughs> I've heard from Chief Keith. From Chief Keith. Oh, okay. Um, I just. You just. <laughs> I what? just was wondering, like, where he's been, because, like, when I heard he was like blowing up in like early 2010s, and um, I haven't heard much since then. I don't know if he's dropped any more song or if he's retired or what's going on there. We'll see. I'll look on Spotify real quick to see when his most recent thing was. See, again, this is like another struggle of mine is I just haven't listened to guys that are like late 2010s, I guess. It's kind of an L. No, that's fair. I think um, in my personal opinion, I know, I don't know. I know some people might disagree with me, but there it's all about finding a select artist because I feel like there are so many artists that could get popular right now because of social media and like, because they know someone and some of these guys are just not good. So it's, it's just about finding the guys that are cool nowadays because there are some guys that just suck and that should, I should not be popular. And there are other guys that are like, like the Freddie Gibbs of the world and the uh, young thugs of the world and the futures of the world. Those guys, I, I think are pretty sick. And it's just, it's just kind of like sifting through the popular music to find cool stuff and maybe digging deeper. So it's just, it's a lot of work, <laughs> but yeah definitely yeah eddie who, 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 okay you you ask first eddie what were you gonna oh, ask i was just eddie? gonna ask how do you guys feel about little baby's music i'll let brendan field this one first <laughs> i don't know if that's a good idea no it I'm is like, i'm not a, i'm not a big fan of anyone with uh with baby in the name the baby the baby maybe i think they're both <laughs> let's go let's go <laughs> not a big fan but uh I, so I'm, I'm gonna field this one to patrick because maybe he has a more nuanced take on little baby <laughs> um you know i think i have i don't know i i don't listen to too much little baby i listened to his album that came out in 2020 and i thought it was it was all right but i don't go back to it a ton you know like i have stuff that comes up in my I don't know that I have stuff I'm bumping a lot more than the the little baby album from last year. I need to listen to his other stuff before I can have like a totally fleshed out opinion on him. I think he's 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 cool. I, I, I'll listen to him in small doses and like I'll listen to one of his albums once every once in a while. But like he's not like I wouldn't put him up there in my top tier of late 2010s rappers that have come up recently. So. I don't know. What what are your thoughts on him, Eddie? I feel like his songs are like sound very similar with his rapping. I don't know. I just feel like there's nothing popping out of him. Like it just feels like the same sound from him every time, and it's just it doesn't seem too attention getting for me. No, I think that a little. What were you gonna say, Patrick? <laughs> um, I think like that's a, that's one of the, my main gripes with the pop popular music today is it's really easy to just make a similar sounding song. Eddie's Eddie, where are oh sorry, <laughs> my brother turned off the lights. Oh okay. <laughs> um, I <laughs> I think it's it's pretty easy to make like a song that sounds like a lot of similar sounding songs and still be popular because I think. Today's generation has a really short attention span. 
So like, I, I think it's, it's easy to fall into that trap of just like, I'm going to make a very similar sounding song and like not really switch my flow up because it's easier and I can still make money this way. So I don't know. That's, that's, I just think it gets really easy for artists to get complacent nowadays and just kind of be like, I can just drop something similar all the time. And there is still, I still have a fan base that will listen to it. Like I don't want to grow at all. And that, that's my big thing. I like artists that can kind of, that kind of develop a lot, like, or find, like try new, new waves. Like Kanye does that all the time. That's why I love Kanye. He just switches up all the time. So those are just my thoughts. I'm just a white dude from Bend, Oregon. So I don't know how much my thoughts are prevalent <laughs> on the current hip hop scene, but. Um, I like Kanye's um, variation. Like his 2007 album, what was it? Graduation or I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. like you hear that, like he's actually trying. It's mel- melodic. And then, like, in this 2000 song with that he did with X, like, the screaming or just, like, the metal from it, you know? You know that song that I'm talking about? Yeah, One Minute with, with, with one X. One Minute, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, he was going, like, hard. And then, like, the one with N-Words in Paris, you know? Like, you know? And then, like, Empire State of Mind. Was that him or Jay-Z? That's Jay-Z. Remember. Jay-Z, never mind. <laughs> like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's just very, um, he can change its flow. And that's really cool about Kanye. Okay, I, I have I have a question for the both of you here. This is going to be a question that I think we're all going to give very different answers on. But if you can give me, I'll start with Brendan because Eduardo and I just kind of talked for a while. Um, if you can give Brendan, give me your top five rappers of all time. Oh, right boy. now, right now. Okay. Um, without a doubt, uh, Lil Wayne, Eminem. Um, I'm gonna say Notorious B.I.G. Uh, I'm gonna say, uh, dude, this is hard. See, when you get down to the like fours and fives, there's so many that could compete. But, um, no, I agree. It's like, it's where tough. do you where do you fit in Tupac? Andre from Outkast, Rakim, and uh, like Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, like dude, I'm like I I could maybe give you the top three, but the bottom two are like there are just so many people I could fill in the blank. Kanye, I mean, like, there's a lot of people. So, okay, so that's why. Um, <laughs> before I turn it over to Eddie, I'm curious because again, I haven't listened to Eminem's catalog, but I follow a lot of hip hop accounts on Instagram. And I have continuously heard that Eminem sucks now. And like his last few albums have just not been that good. Like, does that change your opinion on him at all? Like if, if you don't, like if, if he tails off in the later end of his career, because I've heard like revival is terrible. I've heard Kamikaze is not very good. And I've heard the one he dropped this year was, was okay. So does, does, does his discography getting weaker as it goes along? Does that change your opinion on him at all? So I think, uh, well, I think there's two things. I think one, you have to be able to draw a distinction between a bad album and bad songs. I think that in his newer material, there are less, there are more bad songs in his newer material. Mm-hmm. But the album, that doesn't necessarily mean that the album is terrible. Like some of the songs are still good. I mean, for example, like Godzilla, he rapped faster than he rapped in Rap God. That was the word rap a lot. 
And uh, I mean, the dude's like 40 something years old. <laughs> just, I mean, that's kind of insane. Um, and then like, also, I mean, I don't know how much, the second point I wanted to make is I don't know how much his music fits into modern day. It's like you said, people have a short attention span. People don't appreciate the lyrical guys as much. People just want that like catchy baseline with, uh, you know, the repeated phrase over and over. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. He's definitely getting, it's not as good as old Eminem. I agree with you there, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's like a lot of barrel. Okay. Okay. Um, I think you make, again, I haven't heard Eminem's catalog. I'm just going off what I heard. And I'm always curious because I'm, I don't know. So that's, I, I like the way you answered that. Um, Eddie, give me your, your top five. Uh, I'd say like Eminem, Juice World. Polo G. Uh, did I say J. Cole yet? I don't know. If I did. You did not, no. No, J. Cole and like, um, I I don't know who the last one would be. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> hard. That's four is cool. Um, I did, Brendan over here gave me three when I asked for five. So you're closer to the mark. Than yeah, I gave today. you like 10. <laughs> Okay, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you you did you did, <laughs> I suppose. Um, no, I think it just kind of shows that we all have kind of we all listen to the same genre, but just very different tastes in that genre. Which is the cool thing about rap. There's so many like subgenres in rap, mm-hmm. which is I think is pretty beast. But where do you fall? What are your five? Oh yeah, yeah I forgot. I have to do that. Um, okay, my number one is Kanye. Of course, everybody and their mother can guess that. Um, number number two is Drake. Another yes. Pretty easy guess. Um, my number three is Young Thug. I've been listening to just insane amount of Young Thug recently. It's it's ungodly. Um, number four, I, I I'm gonna count Outkast as a whole here because I love Outkast so much. Um, and oh man, see, yeah, you're right. This last spot does get pretty hard because. There are lots of guys that I could throw up in this 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 conversation. Um, Kendrick, this um, Saba Saba oh. is a, a lesser known guy out of Chicago that's super sick. Uh, Freddie Gibbs, Future, West Side Gun of Griselda, but I I'd, I'd probably I probably have to go. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I I'll say Kendrick just because I like Kendrick a lot and he's. He's grown on me a lot recently. So th- those are probably my top five, but it, it is hard to cut it to five because there's just so much music that I like out there and so many great artists. It's hard to choose just five, you know, but that's just me. That's just me. No, that's valid. I think it's interesting that you put Drake at number two, but Drake is, a, I mean, especially like older Drake. I mean, he's, an, he's actually a really incredible rapper. He's a lot of talent. No, yeah, I think I older older Drake's bars can tend to get slept on. I think he he he's really he used to be pretty good with punchlines. I mean, he still can be when he wants to be. Um, and I, I I do like some of the R and B stuff he's been putting out now. I mean, I know it's half rap, half R and B these days, but I, I, that's that's kind of what I started listening to when I started listening to music. So I know it's pretty high placement, but. I'll always have a lot of Drake bias in my, in my heart because he put me on like the, his, um, his 2015 mixtape was like the first 
rap album I ever listened to in full. And like his 2016 album views was like the first one I waited till like it dropped. I, I, it's nice because it's 9 p.m. here when stuff drops. It's not midnight like it is yeah. in the East Coast. So I just I stayed up for that and I listened to that like the night it came out. So I don't know. Drake always has a, a special place in my heart that I, I I know he probably shouldn't be number two on my favorite favorite rappers, but I listen to Drake a lot. So I think a question for both of you guys. Um, so do you guys think Drake is naturally good at music? Or do you think he has ghostwriters? Do you know what ghostwriters are? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'll let Brendan so go curious. first. Brendan, you talk. I mean, I'll just, I'll just say my, my opinion is that he does not have ghostwriters. I would like to believe that, but I also, you know, I mean, I don't really know why we would believe that he has ghostwriters without evidence of him having ghostwriters. True. So, um. I, I have done some because a lot of the kids at uh, there are a couple of kids at U of O who would debate with me on whether Drake has ghostwriters or not. And um, I think because he has a couple songs or I can't remember the guy's name. It's something Miller. But this guy go, ghost wrote a couple things for him, but he was credited on the songs like on Apple Music. You can look and it shows who wrote the songs and the guy's name is there, whatever the guy's name is. Um, so I think he does like. I don't know if you look at a lot of rap songs nowadays, like when you go to written by like even Kanye stuff, there's like 10 people. So I don't know how much of, I don't know whether that's like some of it's sampling because they'll he'll take a sample and they'll sing part of the sample and they'll have to put it in the written thing. So, and like some of the people are just engineering it and maybe they add a word or something. I don't know. So it's, there's just a lot that I don't know about how much people write, but I think, I think Drake has used ghostwriters like very, very rarely. And like he's credited the guy. So I think people just blow it way out of proportion because they just don't like Drake and it gives them a reason to say why I don't like Drake. So I don't know. I think people blow it way out of proportion. So I, I, I would have to say no, but there's like, he's credited the guy. So it doesn't really count. I think in my, my eyes, what do, what do you think about it, Eddie? Um, I, I think he does get a lot of help uh, from songwriters. And because, like, the, I don't know if the, what is it, like, the record labels just like him a lot or something. Because he's always charting at, like, no, is what, at least what I've noticed. It's like he's always number one. Um, like, I don't know. I think he does get help getting there because, um, well, then again, with like, oh, they don't write their own songs. They always have some people helping them. It's not always just them. Like you, you need that producer. You need some song lyrics. You need, um, I don't know, like the people that put it out there for your promoters. Yeah. They don't have a lot of people in there. No, yeah, and I think ghostwriters have been a part of rap since, like, way, way back, because I know, like, I've heard Dr. Dre say, like, yeah, Jay-Z wrote my Still Dre verse or something like that, one, one of his really famous verses. I can't remember what the exact song it is, but, like, I, I just think, I don't know, like, it's kind of happened, and I think, like, you can never really figure out how much they're being used. And I, 
I just tend to ignore it because I, I, I would guess like almost everyone has had like some sort of, you know, maybe somebody helped them write a bar and a song or whatever. There's like, I don't know. I think music is a collaboration thing. And I think it's kind of dumb to expect one dude to like in pop music, like there's always people writing songs and like nobody really cares. And I think like, I don't expect like some dude to not write any of their songs, but like, I, I think it like, you know, it's a lot to write an entire album's worth of songs. So like, I, I, you know, sometimes you're sitting in a studio and like you're collaborating with people and they might say a cool line and then you have to attribute it to them or whatever. So I don't know. I think it's just, it's just a very weird thing to think about because like you just don't know anything about it. Like you don't know to what extent it's being used. Good point. I, I really just use the phrase to what extent I never thought I would use that outside of IB <laughs> in high school. I adulting dude. IB sucks, man. I didn't even get any credit for IB. You didn't like, get any credit. I got credit for Spanish. That's about it. Okay. That's different than any credit. That's some credit, Brendan. No, but dude, like, you know, like I, I took, uh, I got a five or a six on both the Spanish and the English HL exams. And then I got like a, a five on my psychology, five or six on my psychology. And my call, like the colleges down here, just, they don't care. Like they don't give you credit for ID. It's crazy. All the AP kids got out of English. That is so, that is actually pretty lame because I, I don't know. I didn't do that well on my test. So I only got a little bit of credit, but that's, I don't know why they wouldn't take that because it's like, isn't IB like, don't they have harder tests than AP? Because I don't know. I mean, I don't, I haven't taken any AP tests, but I thought, I always thought that I, there was like regular classes and then like AP and then IB, but I mean, I don't know. I'm no expert on the high school class system. I think IB was the highest and then and then just regular kids is like bottom yeah that's what i thought but so i don't know why the california schools wouldn't would take ap but not ib that's just dumb sucks man like i would be so much less stressed if i didn't have a six-page essay due tomorrow you know and it's like i wouldn't have to do that if i was if i got credit for the test that i took like i deserved did you do the essay yet? Yeah, I've done the essay. Yeah. Okay. I was hoping you would say yes because then I would feel bad if you were on the podcast at 1045 with an essay due the next day. Oh, it's okay. I cranked it out yesterday. <laughs> nice, Brendan. Um I okay, I, I'm curious. Let's, I'm kind of moving more into life stuff at this point, but so if you guys could, because I know, Brendan, you started, it, this is your first year at Cal Poly. Hey, this is your second year at CSCC, right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll start with Eddie here first. Eddie, if you could grade, like if you, from, if you had a number scale from one to 10, what number would you give your year, like from September till now? Like what number out of 10? And why? I would say probably like a five or a six because we haven't really been able to go to school and it's all been over Zoom and, you know, like the Zoom classes, you'll be sitting there for two to three hours. You'll just be sitting there staring at the wall and then sometimes it's boring and then you get on your phone. I don't know if you guys do, but like for two or three hours, just sitting there, your phone's going off and getting notifications, you're texting your friends and everything. And then your teacher's like, oh, well, this is due, blah, 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 blah. And then they'll forget to put it on. Well, I don't know what system you guys are using for like 
to see your stuff, but they'll just mention it in class and you won't be paying attention and they won't put it on the calendar for whatever program you guys use. And then you're like, oh, I didn't know that was due. Or I don't know, I feel like you get more work online over Zoom than we did when we were in person. And it's harder to get help. I mean, yeah, you could stay. Yeah, you could set up a chat over Zoom to figure out what's going on. But it just doesn't feel the same, you know, as it did when person. But I understand why we're where we are today because of it. But yeah, just find it harder and boring or I don't know if that's a word. But yeah, it's uh, more stressful. I don't know to me at least. You could if you have those morning classes, I don't know if you guys do the same thing where you just bring your laptop to the bed or something and just lay there. Teachers don't really expect you to have your camera on. Yeah, unless you have some of those that are like, oh, turn your camera on. I got to see you guys, you know, <laughs> everything. It's all participation. You get an A if you show yourself and everything. What about you guys? I mean, I guess I can, I mean, I, I would probably give it a six. Maybe, maybe a, maybe it's like a, like a 6.5, you know, I feel like a 6.5 is like a good rating. Because, uh, like, I don't know, there, there have been pros and cons to everything. Like going to college has been a huge pro. In general, I feel like even though it's all been virtual, don't get me wrong, like it's it sucked having all my classes virtual, but at least like getting to be here and like meet some people and like experience some new things, see some new things, like it's been a good opportunity. Um, but like, I don't know, this has been a hard year for a lot of reasons. I mean, it's been a very like dividing year and a very uh, stressful year. And then like, I don't know, it's, it's just kind of ready for people to just chill out <laughs> a little bit and go back to like having face-to-face -face conversations and stuff. And, and just, yeah, so that, that's what would make it better. No, yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, I don't know, it seems like we're kind of close because we have the vaccines getting rolled out. I mean... I got mine. I don't know about you guys. Maybe you guys are all anti-vax. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <fully> vax. <laughs> You're anti-vax? Brendan just said he's anti-vax on podcast. <laughs> Brendan, dude. All not it. cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, fully hype, I just can't wait till, like, you know, we get to see, because I feel like what we took for granted, it feels like get-togethers we took for granted back before then. You know, and then like watching old shows where people would just be crowded in a room and everything, like, you know, touching hands, you know, have high in or whatnot. And it's like, well, we don't even, it's going to be weird. Like seeing big groups of people, parties, concerts, everything we lost because of COVID coming back, you know, mm -hmm. that, it's going to be amazing to see it happen, you know, when it does happen. I don't know when it will happen. No, yeah, like I, I still like when I add like when I hang out with somebody I haven't hung out with in a while because they're fully vaccinated and I'm fully vaccinated. I still get kind of stressed about it because I'm like I shouldn't. This is just weird hanging out with this many like more than like two people total. This is just weird. Like I'm not I'm not used to it, and I, I think it's just gonna be like that for forever, or maybe not forever, but for a while before stuff gets back to normal. But 
I think yeah. last time I saw you, Patrick, was when we floated the river in like 2020. I think that was the last time after. Dude, that was almost a year ago. Jeez. Yeah, almost a year ago. Like, I think it was like June or July that we went. And then I haven't seen you since. <laughs> Jeez, man. Oh, yeah, dude, that's just wild. That's, that's just weird. Like, I, Brendan, I haven't seen you since like September. Maybe. What was the last thing we did? Wasn't we went to the Cuban place for lunch? Yes. Okay. I was just thinking. I was like, we went to lunch somewhere. Where did we go? (laughs) Bro, you know that place is closed now. They went out of business. Oh, that's so lame. I was like, I need to go there again soon. Now, now I can't. I know. I came home for winter break, and I went to the uh, the restaurant because my mom was like, "Hey, you know that Cuban place you like? Like tomorrow is their last day open before they go out of business." And I was like, "Oh, really?" So I went in and I like, you know, got the sandwich and stuff with my buddy. I was sitting down and like the, the, um, it, cause it's a family business and the daughter walked out. She, she was really upset and she was like, Hey guys, like you coming in, like means a lot to us. Like we're going out of business tomorrow. Like it's been really hard. And I was just like, Oh dude, like this is horrible. Like this is like, that's just such a, that's just rough, man. That's terrible watching like the small businesses die. And like, did you guys, you know how we got put back into extreme risk like a week ago or two weeks ago? Uh-huh. And then we just watched the businesses close down again shortly after they had reopened. And I was like, what? Like, that's terrible. Like, the small businesses are going to, like, lose lots of money. They were already losing, and they're going to mm-hmm. lose it again. But then we reopened again. I think we're reopened again. I'm not sure. I think yeah, we were we were on extreme risk for like a week in Deschutes County, and then they went back to just high risk. So everything was closed for a week, and then everything opened again. But yeah, it would suck to be a small business right now because like, especially if you're like a downtown business who just relies on foot traffic, like you just don't get any of that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like now people are just being more like they're willing to go out more, and it seems like it's going to start coming back. But it's still just weird. It's still. <sighs> yeah dude i don't what know what are you guys' thoughts on that new uh cgc rule where you can go into a building where if you're without a mask how do you guys oh. feel about that yeah brendan you can go first on this one buddy sure i mean uh <laughs> i'm i'm ecstatic about it because i kind of felt like this has been this should have happened like weeks ago like <laughs> I mean, they've been saying for a while now that, like, the odds of you getting COVID or spreading COVID with the vaccine are extremely low. And so I'm kind of just like, I was always just thinking, like, wouldn't it be a good incentive to get people vaccinated if we could say, like, hey, you can start to, like, you know, walk around and smile at people again. (laughs) I was like, and as a vaccinated person, I was like, all of a sudden, so many things just kind of, like, felt pointless to me where I was like, why am I wearing a mask around my vaccinated friends? in my room when like <laughs> none of us have COVID or can like give it to each other. So I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about it. But how do you feel, Patrick? No. Yeah. I think it's, it's weird for you, Brendan, because like you're in a, a college campus and you're living in a dorm. So it's like, like for me, I just kind of go by like, obviously what the CDC says and what my parents say kind of that because I'm with them and I don't want to put them at risk. And you're just, you like have RAs and stuff like that telling you what to do. And, like that that just sounds so sucky because yeah. i don't know like even if you and your friends are being really safe and like 
you know, you're all vaccinated. Like they still have to be like, you have to wear a mask. It's just, it just seems very like a very sucky place to be in terms of COVID rules right now. But I, I think, um, I think it's a, it's cool. Obviously. Like I went to my gym and I didn't wear a mask and it was just so weird. I was, I felt like really wrong. I was like, this is terrible. I'm going to, I feel like somebody's going to yell at me, but it was fine. And I, I think it, it, it shows that we're getting back to somewhat normal, but like at the same time, I think um, I don't it, like businesses don't have a great way of proving like who is vaccinated. I mean, you can ask people to carry their vax cards around, but like they're pretty big. They don't really fit. Like mine barely fits in my wallet. Um, yeah. So I think there would be definitely people who will just kind of abuse it and like just not be fully vaccinated and still just kind of walk around without a mask on and just I don't know. So I, I think like it's, it, it was bound to happen. Like there's, there's bound to be people that don't, that don't wear masks that aren't vaccinated. But I mean, I, I think it's still cool to see like stuff getting back to normal because that hasn't been a thing in like, since like last March, which is just weird. And so weird. Yeah. And Eddie, what are your thoughts on it? At, like working at a retail store, like being like working throughout the pandemic and stuff is like we would always tell people like oh hey where's your mask hey where's your mask and then people would just be like oh i don't need it or something or they just give some sort of attitude and whatnot but now with like people come in and they're like do what's your guys is like what do you guys ask for the what do you require for the mask mandate and it's like well now it's just like oh if you're vaccinated you know like you don't have to wear it if you don't want to your choice whatever but like i just feel bad for the people that are around that aren't vaccinated and someone could just like and they're not wearing a mask and they could just spread the virus to someone that's not vaccinated then again the people that aren't vaccinated shouldn't even be out if they're that concerned it's just my viewpoint on it and because i don't know if we're required to wear they're, right now, they're like in the phase where we're not going to have to wear our mask at work. But if the customer asks us to put on our mask because they feel uncomfortable, we'll have to. So, like, I, I don't know. It's like, it's great that it's happening. No more mask, you know. I, I'm fine with it after being, after wearing it for so long that it's just become like a secondhand nature thing going into a building, oh, where's my mask, you know, put it on, just walk in and stuff. But a lot of people are like, you know, it's all, you've heard the stories like, oh, it's a government control, I don't know, mask thing. I, I hear all the stories all the time when I'm at work. It's like, you're all just a bunch of sheep, you know, like the mask thing. I had a guy come up to me, like I was just working, wearing that. And I was like, yeah. And then he's like, why? And I was like, because we haven't been told to like take it off or anything you know he's like you still believe in that covid thing you know it's, it's like <laughs> and just I, i've just heard a bunch of stories like you know you always get those conspiracy theorists and like the survival rate people they, that hit you with the facts because they're the they're the dog theories, you know <laughs> <laughs> you know i just care and everything uh I'm just going to play along with whatever happens because I, I don't really have any control on what happens. So, you know, just playing. I, I kind of agree with some of what you like, especially what you said about 
like for the unvaccinated people like if you're so concerned about it like you don't have to like put yourself out there but I, I guess the way I've kind of been looking at it is like I feel like most a lot of the people who haven't received at least one dose of the vaccine by now I feel like a lot of them are purposely doing that like they are kind of rejecting the vaccine whether it's like anti-vax or just like skepticism or whatever because uh -huh. the vaccine is so it's so widely available now that I feel like there's not really an excuse to not have like a first dose and so like I don't know I kind of feel like it's like so are we are we going to take away like are we going to force vaccinated people to wear masks because there might not be because there might be a couple people who are putting their themselves at risk by not getting the first dose of the vaccine. I don't know. That's kind of, what do you guys think about that? I think, um, like, I, I don't know. I think I, you do it. Like it's definitely widely available right now. Like I, I've heard, I seen like Walgreens ads. They're like, yeah, we're, we have vaccines at Walgreens now. We're just giving them to anyone. So I think it's like, if you don't want, like, I mean, obviously some people, I don't know, there might be a few people with like medical issues that be like, I can't get the vaccine. So I get that. But like, if you haven't gotten a dose of the vaccine by now, you're probably not going to, because I don't think anyone's going to change your mind on it. Um, and I think like it, it's themselves putting themselves like the people who aren't getting it, they're putting themselves at risk by just not getting it. And I don't think like, I mean, obviously it's hard because I don't, I, I don't, it's hard to keep track of like, who has their vaccine and who doesn't, because I've heard there are like people selling fake vaccine cards and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just like a fake ID, I guess now, but I, I, I think they're just putting themselves at risk. Like it's, we, I don't, I don't want to say we shouldn't have to worry about it, but like, I don't know. I, I think it's cool that the CDC is kind of saying like, yeah, like you shouldn't, you don't have to worry about it. You can wear a mask into a building and it's okay if you're fully vaccinated because it's widely available now. So it's just yeah. it's kind of up to people who aren't getting it. It's kind of on them at this point. But Eddie, um, what do you think? Um, about what? Sorry, I, I, I forgot. I, I, <laughs> no, sorry, I talked for a while. It was um, <laughs> wait, what was it about? I just talked about it. What? <laughs> what did you ask, Brendan? It was just about like, should should we have vaccinated people wearing masks because like a few people might break the honor system kind of by like saying they're vaccinated when they're not. I think this goes back to like the beginning of the pandemic where pe some people would wear masks and then some people wouldn't wear masks. And because we didn't, we weren't sure what the virus was at the beginning and everything just happening and everything. And people were just going into businesses and you would have COVID or you wouldn't. And then there would be people with masks and then people with no mask. And then, I don't know, it's all just going to, uh, just come. I don't even know what I'm saying. Like, I, I just think it's just gonna happen if if you don't have the vaccine, you're just gonna get COVID at some point. You're safe. Uh, I don't know how long you'll be safe for though, um, because they were talking about a booster for the Pfizer, like a year from now. I don't know if you guys have heard about that. They're talking about like a booster for it um but yeah if, if you don't have a vaccine then you just will get it at some point 
COVID. And then if you do, you'll be fine. Get to enjoy life and, you know, go around. We'll go back. And I think the faster we all get vaccinated, the faster the world will get back to normal. But, oh, yeah. I, th- I think one of the things that I found pretty interesting was like when they I know they talked about the third, like getting a third dose a year from now. And a lot of people were like, what? That's so stupid. And I was like, bro, it's like a flu shot. Like, it's just that now. It's And that's that's like I don't see what the big deal is about just like having, I don't know, a flu shot sort of thing you get once a year to prevent you from getting like a, a deadly virus. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't I, I'd be cool with getting a third shot or like a shot every year to boost it. Like, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, I just because there's like a bunch of variants of it that are that are happening now. So I, I think it's smart to kind of. I don't know, get a, get a new dose every year. And yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Go oh, ahead. you were saying, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Brendan, you go, go, you go, uh, okay. or Eddie, go, Eddie, go. Good shot might be like the flu shot where it might be like a yearly thing because of the new strains. I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. I was just going to say that, that if it becomes a yearly thing, it'll be like the flu shot. Okay, what were you going to say, Brendan? Well, it wasn't about COVID. I was just thinking, like, uh, it, it was kind of off topic, so I don't know. Oh. Talk about something off topic. Just okay. say it. <laughs> okay. Well, I was kind of curious, what have you guys been seeing about what's going on in the Middle East? Because I'm kind of curious about, like, uh, I don't know. Like, Patrick, I'm curious what you've seen at, like, U of O and Eddie, just, like, in general. Like, I don't know, just, like, or even on social media, what are you guys seeing about it? How do you feel about it? Well, I would actually love for you to educate me a little bit, Brendan, because I, I have been busy with, with school the past few. I, I've been getting way ahead in school now, so I haven't had time to scroll through my Instagram stories and see what's up. So I am down for an education set because I don't know very much about it. And I, I w- I've... I, I want, I was going to find out, I was going to look up stuff like tomorrow. I was kind of interested because I, I've heard about it, but like, I don't know anything about it and I don't want to talk about it. Like, I don't want to sound like an idiot talking about it without knowing much about it. So yeah. And I'd, I'd be happy to talk. talk let's about see. That's, the, what do you know, Eddie? Um, I'll take the like idiot part, like <laughs> talk like an idiot for a sec. I'll, I'll do that part. Cause I'm good at that kind of, well, what I've been hearing is like something about God and like, the Palestinians and like um I got like a notification earlier today saying that like the US is gonna withdraw from or won't be supporting the Palestinians for much longer or doesn't I but I think there's a war over there. I have no idea. But I'd like to know more so I'll ask Brendan. Yeah, so uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm not going to act like I'm an expert or anything because, like, one of the most annoying things that I've seen about this is people trying to pretend like they're experts on it. And it's, uh, I mean, it's the conflict's been going on for over 70 years. So anybody who tries to have a conversation with you about it from like either side and says that they have the answer is probably wrong. Uh, and the second thing I want to say before I talk about this is that this is not like a, a U.S. political issue. Like a lot of people are trying to associate like certain sides with like right wing or left wing or something like that. But it's it has nothing to do with American politics. It's not 
something that you can fit into an American political box. And uh, like, I'm a pretty political, like politically centrist person. So I've, I've been kind of like annoyed by uh, some of the like things I've been seeing. But anyways, um, I mean, I can kind of, uh, so have you guys seen like this, for example, like things people have been posting about apartheid or genocide or things like that. For example, like AOC tweeted uh, that Israel's an apartheid state and it's not a democracy because of that. So have you guys seen stuff like that? What is AOC? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm 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 pretty not informed on the news these days. Oh. So you're gonna, you're. I've lost track of time. So Congresswoman to... from New York. She really? Do you not know who AOC is? I mean, I'm no judgment, but just curious. I'm going to be judged girl? by all my listeners, but no, I don't. What did What did you say, Eddie? Sorry, stupid Zoom mic. <laughs> no, you're good. Is it Is it that girl politician? I think. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> there, there are a couple of girl politicians. <laughs> Uh, that sounds really Cortez. Like sounds like a last name of a politician. I think. Like what? Well, a, a, a lady politician. Is that yeah. she is? Am yeah. I wrong? No, she's a lady. She's indeed a lady. She's a lady. Um, oh. <laughs> but um, so, uh, I mean, I will just say that uh, Israel is not an apartheid state. Uh, apartheid was, you know, a government in South Africa as a governmental system in South Africa. And uh, essentially the premise of apartheid is that you have one state, one government and two different groups of people treated unequally under the law. So um, in Israel, uh, Palestinians have the right to vote, the right to be in government office. Uh, they're entitled to all the other government benefits and everything that any other Israeli citizen is entitled to. And keep in mind, 20% of Israel is Arab. So it's not like, uh, it's, <laughs> this is like a, a big chunk of people. It's not like, uh, it's, it's not apartheid. <laughs> if it was apartheid, I don't, I don't think that would be um, the case. And in terms of genocide, um, I mean, I've, I had multiple people post on Snapchat, like talking about the genocide on Palestinians by Israel. And uh, that's just, it, I mean, it's, it's not only wrong, but it's kind of insulting. So for example, a gen the definition of genocide is, is the deliberate killing of a large number of people based on their ethnicity. Um, so for example, the Holocaust was a genocide, you know, over 6 million Jews were killed and uh, the population of Jews, the percentage of Jews in Europe dropped by 65%, I believe, 67%. So that's what a genocide would look like by the numbers. Now in Palestine, in the past 20 years, the population has doubled and they have a, I think it's like a 4% growth rate. So, uh, I mean, you guys are smart kids and <laughs> you can do the math, but like, that's not exactly what a genocide looks like. <laughs> I mean, does that make, does that sound reasonable? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. So um, that's kind of an interesting claim that I've been seeing people are referring to. They've, I've also seen people referring to it as ethnic cleansing, which is kind of a crazy term to like throw in there kind of fits with the whole genocide thing where you'd be saying that, uh, Israel's trying to 
kill or massively displace like Palestinians based on their ethnicity. Um, again, like doesn't really make sense because again, 20, over 20% 20 of Israel is, is Arabs and uh, over half of Israel are Jews from, you know, not Europe. So just, just for the people who are thinking that Israel is like a uh, like white colonialist country, it's not really the case. And that's, it's very complicated. I can explain like the history of, of Jewish people and why they think they have a right to, to the land there if you want me to. I'll try not to take too long if you if you want me to do that. <laughs> we got some time. We're about an hour in, so we got I, we got a little bit of time. Sure. Okay. So, hit it. Hit it. All right. So <laughs> I don't know if you guys know. Like historically, there was a nation called Judea, which was part of what used to be Israel. It was two thousand two thousand years ago. Uh, so this is Judea. It's where Israel and Palestine are today. So the Romans came in and they were like, "Yo." Uh, we hate you guys. So they started a war and uh, took over, um, you know, Judea, Israel, kicked out the Jews. They killed the Jews, enslaved the Jews, and, and kicked out the rest. And they renamed it Palestine because um, one of the great enemies of the Jewish people were the Philistines. And as an insult to the Jewish people, they renamed the region Palestine. Um, and so it was a province of Rome for about 500 years. Then the Byzant it, you know, the Roman empire became the Byzantine empire and it was a Byzantine empire. Then the crusaders came from Europe and cause they wanted Jerusalem. So they did their own thing there. And then boom, the birth of Islam was about 500, 600s. And in the 700s, uh, Arab conquestors came in and took over a lot of that land. Um, and then uh, eventually that became the Ottoman Empire, uh, which I'm sure you guys are more familiar with because that's like World War I. Uh, it lasted all the way to World War I. And then the British, after World War I, took over the region and it became, they named it the uh, uh, British Mandate of Palestine or Mandatory Palestine. And after that, <laughs> it, you know, there was the Zionist movement, uh, which was the last of a series of movements for Israel to return to their land and it became Israel again. So an important thing to know is that I'm not, I'm not going to set, sit here and say that like Palestinians aren't a people or Palestine isn't a country because that's ridiculous. And like, obviously like Palestinians are suffering in Palestine and like, that's important to talk about. But it is important to note that Palestine is, was not historically ever a country. It was always a province of another place. It was a province of Rome, Byzantines, Ottomans, Syrians, Jordans, Jordanians. I don't know what the word for that would be, but it was always the province of another country. And so that's some context. So basically what happened is the Jews got kicked out 2000 years ago and all over the world to Morocco, Ethiopia, Europe, Asia, and maintained their language, maintained their culture, and with the, with the end goal of eventually one day returning to their homeland in Israel. And that is where the Zionist movement comes from and why Jews believe that they, they turn there. So does that, how, do, how does that sound to you guys? That, that makes sense. So like the Jews kind of want their land back or the Israelites or is, is, Israelites, Israeli. 
whatever, however you say it. I can't talk. <laughs> Israelites. I don't know why I couldn't say that. Um, and then the Palestinian people, which is actually a province of just a bunch of different places. Um, they live there right now, currently. So did I, did I get that right? Yeah. So when the Jews returned to, uh, to Palestine, uh, there were obviously people living in Palestine, including Jews. There were Jews and Arabs living in Palestine. Um, and so that's kind of the conflict, right? Is it's like, like, for example, if I, if I asked you guys, um, like, do you think that the Native Americans in America are entitled to their land? Like, what would you guys say to that? You'd probably. It's a, that's a tough, that's a toughie because like, obviously they were here first. Right. But that was obviously a long time ago. So it's tough because like, is it like finders keepers or firsties? Like, what, do you, well, what do you call it? Exactly, what do you call right? it? It's complicated, but I think you would, you guys would both probably say that they at least deserve to like be able to live in this land. Like, yeah, you know, you know. we effectively have a two state solution in the United States right now with the national federation of, uh, oh man, I don't know the name, but it's a, it's the band of native American tribes and reservations all forming their own country. There's effectively a country inside of America. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know this. Yeah, no, it's kind of interesting. Like reservations are not um, part of the U.S. They're part of the uh, federated tribes. Of, I, I don't know that I got to, I should have looked that up first. Um, <laughs> but uh, you also probably wouldn't say, although there are some people who believe this, you also probably wouldn't say, well, let's kick out every single U.S. citizen that's not Native American and give it fully back to the Native Americans, right? Which is mm-hmm. why we would also probably not say let's kick out every Palestinian that's not Jewish and give it back to the Jews uh, in Israel. It's, it's a solution that I think warrants sharing the land and living together in peace. Um, And I think that's what most Israelis and most Palestinians want is that, but you have people in the West who don't have a, a real understanding of the history or the conflict uh, of the Middle East. And so they're told by the media that, okay, well, this is just a bunch of white people from Europe coming in and imperializing another nation. Uh, obviously that's gonna <laughs> inflame a lot, of, a lot of people and they're gonna immediately wanna take the side of, of uh, or you know, just at least pick a side before knowing much about it. And I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing that's probably some of what you guys have seen. It's a lot of what I've seen on social media. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Eddie. Oh, no, you're good. You go. Ahead. No, no, you got to go. You okay. go. Uh, OK, so I heard that. Like I got a notification a few days ago that there was like a bombing. Gaza got I don't know how to say it, but like there's a bombing and they had like a bunch of journalists on there. And they're demanding, like, a bunch of uh, sources are demanding that they release what they had or what it, what's left because they're hiding some things or that, or they were just blown up. I'm not sure which one it was. But yeah. it was pretty bad, like, that they blew up the building where a bunch of journalists from all over the world were there. Yes. So, um, so that's, yeah. Uh, so I've kind of given you historical context, but I haven't talked much about like what's happened in the past week. So um, 
basically there's two pieces of land that make up Palestine. There's Gaza, which is where that building you're talking about was, and there's the West Bank. Um, they're both controlled by different groups. The West Bank is control controlled by the Palestinian Authority, uh, who's led by Mahmoud Abbas. And um, then you have Gaza, which is controlled by Hamas, which is a terrorist organization that executed all the members of the Palestinian Authority in order to take power. <laughs> so they're kind of in two different situations a little bit. I'm not saying either is uh, good because the Palestinian Authority isn't great, obviously. They, they, have a, they do a lot of what, very interesting, horrible things. <laughs> and Hamas obviously is like a very different uh, story. So basically what's happened in the past week is Hamas has launched over... 3,000 rockets at Israel. They're not launching rockets at like military bases or anything like that. They're launching them indiscriminately at civilians because they want to just uh, simply kill Israelis. It's, it's kind of that simple. So they've launched rockets at Tel Aviv, at Ashkelon, Hebron, all these cities in Israel. And uh, actually 500 of those rockets have landed on their own civilians in Gaza. What? Yeah, because here's here's the deal. Hamas doesn't use um, Hamas. They have land they could go to in Palestine that is far away from civilians to launch their rockets. Uh, but they don't do that because they know that Israel is going to have to retaliate and they want to use their civilians for their own gain. So they launched rockets from uh, the middle of city centers like in, Ga in Gaza. And uh, they launch rockets from you know, between apartment buildings, hospitals, all these things. And they set up their headquarters in these places, knowing that when Israel retaliates, there are going to be casualties. So that AP building you're talking about, uh, it's at least pretty clear to Israeli intelligence that Hamas was using that building to store weapons and launch rockets from and operate inside of. Uh, so... It was, a, it was a strategic move by Israel to take that down. And like, yes, people could say that was like attack on journalists, but Israel gave a warning an hour and a half in advance, uh, ensuring that the building was cleared before they demolished it because they did not want anyone to get hurt. Um, unlike Hamas, they actually try to reduce civilian casualties when they get involved. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what happened. The West is trying to portray that as uh, like Israel trying to shut down media from inside Gaza. But I think it's pretty clear that that's not at least a completely foolproof argument. I think it's important to at least consider that there are reasons for doing that that aren't twisted. I thought they destroyed it because they were trying to hide something, but now like that you're saying that I'm like, oh, well, they don't, they seem nice about it, like by telling people to evacuate the building. And they, they do this knowing that, like, they might be giving these terrorists, like, a chance to escape. You know, like, they, they want, it's, it's a priority of theirs not to hurt civilians, even though there have been, I think, geez, almost like 200 people have died in Gaza. And, like, that's horrible. You know, that's tragic. Like, no one wants to support that, obviously. But I think the issue is that in the West, people are told that Israel is the reason for that completely. 
and there's no other there's no other uh, facets of the argument. But in reality, like the leadership that they're under, and keep in mind, like most Palestinians are are, are good people who want to live in peace. Um, but you have <laughs> wait, <did I> do... <laughs> sorry. Um, most most of them are good people who live in peace, but you have this this leadership, Hamas, who doesn't care about their civilians. And so they're strategically using this knowing that the West is going to say like, okay, well, Israel's attacking civilians. They don't care about civilian lives. And it's, uh, it's a pretty effective tactic to demonize Israel as we can see, because there are a lot of people <laughs> all over the world who uh, are calling them a genocidal apartheid government. So yeah, I mean, do you guys have any, I mean, I'm sure you have questions or something because that's a lot of freaking information. I hope I presented that in a way that made some sense. I think you presented that pretty well. I actually don't have that many because I feel like you explained it all really well. So I finally understand what's going on, which is I, I, I so the West is kind of presenting it as this is Israel's fault for all these civilians dying. And they're kind of putting the blame on Israel more when it shouldn't really be necessarily. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it should be at least understood that it's a it's a complicated subject. I'm just tired of people uh, saying, like, without any question, um, you know, Israel's committing genocide. It's a bunch of white colonialists, uh, hashtag free Palestine. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I just want people to understand that this is complicated as fuck. And like, you need to take time to research this and look at it from both sides. Because what you're doing, here's the main issue I have with it. What they're doing isn't bringing anyone any closer to peace. That's the issue. Um, because mm -hmm. in Israel and in Palestine, what needs to happen is people need to work together on the ground to actually have conversations, um, oust the people who don't have their best interests in mind, and build a future better for both parties. But what happens is when you have people saying, okay, well, Israel's a genocidal state, so we need to free Palestine from uh, the river to the sea. Palestine will be free from the river to the sea, which, by the way, is a, is a terrorist slogan. Uh, that is calling for Israel to be completely wiped off the map. Um, and I, I want people to know that half of the Jews in the world live in Israel. Um, so I don't, I'm not going to come out and say that to criticize Israel is anti-Semitic. But um, they're closely related. Because if you're going to say that Israel should be completely wiped from the face of the earth, uh, and half the Jews in the world live in the place you're talking about, it's kind of a touchy subject. <laughs> that's that's all. You know? No, I get it. Uh, Eddie, do you have any questions? I know we're running a little low on time, but I, I don't have any. I think you explained that really well, Brendan. That's yeah, major sorry. props to you. I talked uh, I talked for a while there. No, it was it was really interesting. I, I props to you for explaining it in a way that I can understand it. Maybe maybe Eddie has questions. Eddie. Yeah. So when I ask the bombings between uh, Israel and the west west side, or because well, is it you one can just country? Say you can say Palestine. Palestine. Okay, so it's Israel and Palestine, right? Yeah. They're going at each other, right? Yeah. And this is like in the same country, or was... it's within like it's with all, all of this is happening within a strip of land the size of New Jersey. 
So. Oh. Dang. And like, I'm just curious about is like the aid from like other countries and like what's going on and if there's any, if there's going to be any issues with like, you don't think any other countries are going to get involved and be like, oh, hey, like they need our help or should we just let them and let them just keep attacking each other? Should we send aid from like the U.S. or what? What? What's the next thing that's going to happen? Do you think? So here's what I think is because there are multiple countries involved, absolutely. So like for example, Hamas is is backed by Iran and a group called Hezbollah, which is also a, a terrorist group in in Iran, and uh, and Israel is backed by the U.S. You know, and a lot of other Western countries. They receive, you know. A lot like they receive aid from the US and Palestine. Uh, at least Joe Biden sent more uh, aid to Palestine recently. Uh, the only issue is with sending aid directly to Palestine is, for example, if that aid is going to Gaza and Gaza is completely controlled by a terrorist group, uh, and we don't know if that money is actually going to go towards helping Palestinians or towards funding the terrorist group that is killing Palestinians. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so here's, here's what I would say. Um, there are a lot of countries, so there are a lot of refugee camps. I'm sure you've heard about the refugee camps. There's 1.5 million Palestinian refugees, which is crazy. And most of them are in other countries, in Arab countries. There are none in Israel because they don't want anything to do with Israel. <laughs> and, uh, like, these camps are, like, horrible conditions, you know, in, in Jordan and Syria and Lebanon, uh, these are like, like people are really suffering. They don't have enough food or water or sanitation or like a way to get out. And so I would say that if you really were to care about Palestinians, if these, if these people who are constantly like uh, chanting free Palestine and, and waving flags and stuff care about Palestinians, which I think they do care about Palestinians. I just don't think they know how to express it. Um, I think what we need to do is focus on funding these refugee camps in other countries, focus on helping people who are displaced and helping people who are living in, 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 uh, in really shitty conditions. And I think that uh, if people only care about the Palestinians that are in a conflict with Israel and not about the majority of Palestinians that are in refugee camps uh, in, in the Middle East, I think that that probably says a lot about where they're uh, where their hatred is, is coming from. So that's that's what I would say is, is to focus on helping all of the Palestinians <laughs> and knowing that demonizing Israel is not going to help the Palestinians because there's not a future for Palestinians without Israelis and there's not a future for Israelis without Palestinians, so. Dang, wow, I learned a lot. This is more than I learned going to class today, so. <laughs> Brendan, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. All right. That is all the time we have because it's 11.30 and I go to bed at 10.30 nowadays. So, oh, dude, sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. I was. It's my fault for wanting to watch basketball. So, But I appreciate both of you guys coming on. Thank you to Eduardo Gomez and thank you to Brendan Rosenzweig. You guys are freaking awesome and I I had a great time. I hope you guys did. I hope this wasn't too boring. Oh, it was fun. It's good. To, good to see you guys. Good seeing you. Hope to see you guys in person soon. That'd be cool. Yeah. Oh yes. 
I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. But for all my listeners out there, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Your support is greatly appreciated. And please, I would love to hit that 500 listener mark before the summer ends because Jeff Anderson said I could interview him if I hit 500 listeners. So I would love to interview Jeff Anderson. Um, So go listen to this, listen to all my other episodes and I hope everybody has a fantastic half week. I will see you all again on Sunday.